and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. He's a South Texan poppy poet living that hashtag middle class gay life. It's Chibi. She's a little bit Selena, a little bit JLo, and a whole lot of Pisces. It's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Write Art Out. Hey, Rocky. Hi, friend. How are you doing? <laughs> Ooh, you know what? We're good. We're good. Let's just, just, just put it at that, right? Yeah. There's, there's a lot happening. It's the start of a school year. Yes. I know you know. I know, I know. Definitely. I'm very, <laughs> well, very well aware um, about this new school year life and what does it look like to be still in a pandemic and have people act like we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're not going to talk about that today. That's no, not what we're going to talk about. What mm-hmm. I want to talk about um, is friendship. <gasps> It's the best type of conversations that I love to talk about. Friendship, yeah. Um, I'm so glad. Um, for those who don't know, like, I asked to be like, please, as a friend, do not bring up work. <laughs> as a friend, we're not going to talk about your work no, life right no. now. But, uh, but was- you, you and I have been friends for a number of years now, right? Yeah. Coming up in the San Antonio community, uh, specifically the San Antonio poetry community. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that like, honestly, this is one of my favorite things about the poetry community is the friendships that you form in and throughout it. Right. Um, Because that's how I met you. And Mm -hmm. we've remained friends since then. Uh, Some of my best friends now are people that I met through poetry and whether they're active in poetry or not, it is, you know, like a friendship that has sustained through the ages, you know, like, I'm, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on poetry friendships? Oh, I mean, like we have poetry friendships. If you want to go down into the cheese, man, there's like poetry lovers too. Right. <laughs> I feel, you know, I feel like you are sharing so many intimate um, information about your life or your poetry and and how can you not crush either on a friendship level or on like this admiration or in this like loving um, level for these poets, right? So I think it's so easy to find friendships within this and the poetry community, whether through poets or people who admire poetry, I've grown so much from there. And I've, like I said, I've had lovers, I've had exes, I've had really great friends um and even more right because of poetry so you bring up such a such an interesting point is like as poets you know like we we put ourselves out there in quite in a very vulnerable way right and so people are immediately tuned in to some of the most intimate aspects of our life right and that draws people together but then the beautiful thing is like when you actually get to know the person Oh, wait, I'm going to quote my own tagline here. Get to know the person behind the poetry. And then like the person is even more magical. Right. Uh, I think those are some of some of the strongest friendships that uh, that we've uh, fostered throughout the years and that continue to to blossom and burgeon and do amazing things. Uh, I know, because in my mind, I'm like, how can you not crush on Chibi? Look at Chibi. Look at you. Look at your words. Look at. Yes. I like been admiring you. I haven't heard so much about you. And I'm so glad we're friends that we might actually have a surprise, you know, because of our friendship. 
Um, yeah, we'll talk about that maybe at the end of the show. Okay. Aw awkward teenager Chibi that never learned how to like embrace that people actually are attracted to him is dying a little bit on the inside. I'm just oh. like, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all this talk about friendship because today on our show, we have not one, but two incredible guests who just happen to be like best friends. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to dive into the origin story of all of that. We'll get there in a moment. But right now I wanna bring on our guest, Sam Herschelwine. He, they is a Chicago-based poet who specializes in perpetual frolicking. Ugh, my life. He is an MFA candidate in poetry at the University of Texas, Ten Tennessee, Knoxville. Their second chapbook, Kazuntite, a collaboration with Chen Chen, was part of the 2019-2020 Class Poetry Press series. And he co-founded and edits Underblong. Chen Chen is the author of the forthcoming poetry collection, Your Emergency Contact Has Experienced in Emergency, and the forthcoming book of essays, In Cahoots with the Rabbit God. His debut book of poems, When I Grow Up, I Want to Be a List of Further Possibilities, was long listed for the National Book Award and won the Tom Gunn Award, among other honors. He teaches at... I'm gonna mess this up, Brandeis University? I should have asked for a pronunciation beforehand. In any case, y'all in the comments section, show some love and help us welcome Sam and Chan to the broadcast. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hello. Oh, Sam, you are so hella muted right now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I was like, where's Sam's voice? <laughs> That introduction was amazing. Oh my goodness. I was gonna say, like, see, how can you not be like poets are so cute? I really do think so. It's just like y'all are adorable. Look at these outfits. I love this accessories and everything. Like, how can we not just touch each other? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're just yeah. over here living our best lives as 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 poets and as people. Yes. Yeah. And so um, thank you for coming. Um, I really, you know, we really, really appreciate it. And, and it's so great to like have two great friends on our, our episode today. And like, I always try to say like, since we're going to get to know you intimately and you're going to become our friends for the next hour or so, I always like to start off with, how's your heart? How's your heart today? Um, it could be this year, this month, your season. Go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Then you can't just, cry. Cry. Yes. <laughs> just jumping right in. We're yes. Getting real, we're getting real. <laughs> Our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I moved to Tennessee two weeks ago today um, to start mm -hmm. my MFA program. Um, and I am adjusting to the big life change of leaving my longtime Chicago life. Um, and it's a big adjustment. And also I'm like going to this MFA program that's supposedly fully in person and the vaccination rates in Tennessee are very low and we're just beginning. Tomorrow is the first day of class. So I'm feeling frazzled, excited, but also like I want to just be excited. And I also know that there's something lurking that's really hard. Um, and I'm excited to be here with Chen because we've been so busy. We haven't gotten to like spend the much time together. No. So I'm excited to have some friendship time in front of the world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God. I, just, 
I'm so proud of you, Sam. Um, yeah, for this next chapter. Um, I've also just been reflecting a lot on our friendship <laughs> this week, I guess anticipating being on this show together. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot to process right now. Um, we're sort of in like another era of our friendship as well. Um, but it's a whole other era <laughs> in the world too. Valid. <laughs> Apocalyptic one. Um, so, but I'm, I'm glad to be spending <laughs> this particular apocalypse with you. Um, yeah, it's, it's really special. Um, my heart. <laughs> what have I been doing? I've been traveling again, which has been so strange, <laughs> um, both for work and um, seeing friends again that I haven't seen since like 2019, which is kind of absurd. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I'm still like recovering <laughs> from that fact mm -hmm. of it. Um, I just saw a good friend in Dallas, in Texas, actually. Um, and it was it was so much fun, but it was so surreal at the same time to be like somewhere else and to be in airports, to be on a plane again. Um, and yeah, now gearing up to teach um, this fall semester. And that's gonna be really interesting <laughs> to see how that unfolds. So yeah, I'm just discombobulated. I mean, that's my perpetual state anyway. <laughs> but extremely discombobulated, let's say, at the moment, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's so valid too. Uh, and this feeling of just uh, a little disjointed, like I know every time I go to like, uh, you know, an in-person open mic or something like that, I'm like, we're here, but also we're here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and just navigate. Breath in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely navigating the re-entry into society uh, or whatever this new reality is that we're about to embark on. <laughs> Who knows these days, you know? You know for, it's, it's wild because like, so I actually work at a, a community college here in CUNY for, for New York and we are just all over the place. So I can just imagine as faculty and as students, how y'all are feeling because as a staff member, I, yeah. <laughs> we weren't going to talk about work, Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it away. We don't need to. <laughs> Our live is bigger than that. The box. Trying to. Yeah. Well, uh, we want to start off, we always start off our segments after our little check-in with a game we like to call speed dating before we jump into the poetry and into the conversation. So essentially, we're going to ask you all a series of questions, and uh, we're going to ask the same questions of both of y'all, and feel free to answer as in-depthly or as concisely as you feel is necessary for your answer. I feel okay. like Sam's going to be way more in-depth. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. So, first question. I'm inspired by 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 the necklace and the earrings and all the things. What is your favorite must-have, will always wear accessory? Mm. Who wants to go first? I'm embarrassed because I'm not wearing it. I mean, usually I do like a 
intense lipstick and just i had toast right before and i forgot to put it on and i was i had, yeah, you had a bunch there. of toast <laughs> hard to bounce back from that <laughs> but usually i mean that's not really an accessory it, oh, no it so is makeup is an accessory i mean yes usually it is it's the lip and what lip color on, put it on halfway and everyone can like you know have a moment <laughs> Which lip color Chen wants to know? Um, I was gonna do, well, the theme for Chen and I's outfit today was like a pink touch. Mm -hmm. So I was gonna do, I had a pink, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah. But a dark, a, like deep red is usually my, actually a light red, like a red pink in between. Mm. That's my fave. And then mm. Okay. Like periwinkle when I'm feeling, you know, okay. <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> Chen, what about you? Um, I'd say these pearls. <laughs> now yes. I just got them, but I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm just gonna wear them on like everything, no matter like how formal the outfit is, because <laughs> this is like a weird tie dye situation. <laughs> I'm just wearing pearls on top of it. Um, but that's like what I'm into right now. Um, I had this other, I had this necklace that was very simple. Um, it was like a $15 necklace. Um, yeah, just simple, like little chain and it was just like black in the center. Um, and I lost it. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I can probably find another one for easily of that style because it was very simple, but I'm still mourning it. <laughs> I still have to, go I'm a Pisces, I have to go through the full mourning process yes. of the necklace. Wait, I have another answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also have this sword earring that's a little like sword mm -hmm. moment. Actually, I do. I have a knife earring too, and I wear them both a lot. The cleaver earring. Cleaver, gifted to me from Chen. And mm -hmm. I do, I only have one ear pierce, so like wearing a dangling, that's really, that's what I should have answered. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I love it. Big dangly earring, yeah. Oh my goodness, I love this. A chandelier. <laughs> yeah, like truly. Chandelier. Ears. I did the eyeball today because it was pink, but usually I have like a, you know, a flowy moment happening here. Oh, that's so cute. All right, so my second, my, my question is, what brings you joy and what do you need to let go to give you more joy in your life? Raquel, so <laughs> not a speed dating question. I just want to clarify. <laughs> not at all. Full length date. Buy a bitch a drink first. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna answer first again because I have an answer and I'm ready. Um, I just, you know, I know that this is the theme of the day, but the thing that does bring me the most joy is friendship. And I've lived my life that way for a lot of years. Like I have devoted all of my time and energy to my friends. I built an incredible community around myself in Chicago. Um, and I just like gallivant and eat ice cream and lollygag and frolic. And I'm always like doing a bunch of shit with a bunch of friends, which I think for me made the pandemic really hard because that was sort of like having big community things was sort of like what I always invested in and put all my time into. And the pandemic made us all like then separated in these little pods. And um, 
I just felt so disjointed for the last few years and it's been very weird. Um, yeah. What can I do to bring more joy? Probably like say yes, say no to more things that are not about friendship so that I can have more time for friendship. <laughs> cute. Love that. <laughs> I love that answer. I'm going to say something radically comically different, which is <laughs> television. <laughs> me I love TV <laughs> so much. You know, everyone's been talking about how much more TV they watched during the pandemic. But for me, it's like, okay, it's just like a little bit more than what I was watching before. <laughs> Um, this is a lot of TV. Um, and most recently, or currently, I've um, been watching with my partner um, The Great Pottery Throwdown, which is like The Great British Bake Off, but with ceramics. Which is a similar principle, you know, because they have to carefully, you know, combine their ingredients, their materials, and then it goes in the kiln, which is like an oven, right? <laughs> like bakes. And there's like this alchemy that happens, this magic that happens, and then it comes out and maybe it explodes. We also talk a lot about <laughs> the bottom of the pots. <laughs> if you've watched uh, Great Bridge Pick Off, right? They talk a lot about soggy bottoms. Um, <laughs> so the parallels are just beautiful. <laughs> seen the other show um so that's what i'm obsessed with right now and it brings me a lot of joy i have to thank um mag my friend um in dallas for introducing me to the show we started watching it uh when i was there now i'm watching it with my partner um so I definitely told you about that show also i, I don't remember I, did. I know that i did <laughs> well twice you know the recommendation <laughs> this conversation is bringing me so much joy right now. I know, it really is. <laughs> okay. What do I do to bring more joy? <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, I could say make more time for television, but I already <laughs> you probably need to make less time for television. Uh, <laughs> so I was going to say, Echoing Sam's answer, yeah, just saying no to more things. I mean, this has been an ongoing conversation we've had in our friendship. Oh, I need to say no to more work in particular. Mm. Valid, valid boundary setting. Boundary setting. Uh, yeah. Next question, and I ask this of all our guests. Yes. What is your favorite food dish to eat? Beautiful question. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love Sam, are you a Gemini? No. Okay. Scorpio. Yes. Oh wow. We're just both water signs. Yeah. But this is just who I am. I'm just <laughs> You just want it all. I have a Gemini mom. I feel like having a Gemini mom. I grew up in a Gemini culture. Yeah. Oh, I have a Scorpio mom. <laughs> yes. I'm a, I have a Scorpio mom too, and I'm a Pisces, so I'm like, I'm loving oh God, I love Pisces. <laughs> There's a lot of happiness learn right now. <laughs> um, this is hard. I love food deeply. It's like all Chen. Sometimes there'll be weeks where Chen and I will talk about food and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Like weeks, you know? Um, I do make really good challah, Adrian. Thank you for that comment. I wow. Your I have yet to. You haven't had my challah. It's very good. Well, it's because my mom is like the best challah maker and I've inherited her. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Favorite food. Actually, Chen, you go first. Oh, I go first. Okay. 
Um, I'll say one of my favorite like summertime dishes. So mm-hmm. I'm narrow it down in that way because I also have trouble just <laughs> one. Um, but it's this um like dessert sort of snack. Um, and it's this like chilled um soup. It's a, a Chinese dish um called Lu Tang, um, which is made of mung beans. Um and uh, you yeah chill it and you can add sugar or honey is really good in it too. Mm-hmm. And it just takes me back um, to summers growing up and um, also going back to China and seeing relatives and in the summertime like street vendors will sell it and mm-hmm. it just like feels like summer to me. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds amazing. Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm like food break. No, no. Feels really homophobic because I just there's too many foods that I love. Um, but oh god, I don't know what to say. We love a good homophobic food. Oh, I do love a good homophobic food. Um, <laughs> How about what's been your favorite thing since you've arrived in Tennessee? Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's even hard to narrow that down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just so new here. I've like been trying some places yeah. and I'm like not sure if I've found my like spots yet. Mm-hmm. I did find this bagel place that had like the best lox and bagel sandwich I've had in a really long time, which was very mm-hmm. confusing because I was like, I'm not in New York. But it was this cashew pepe bagel, and which is like pepper and parmesan. And it was so tasty. And the lox was so fresh. And their chive cream cheese, they made themselves. It was so good. Okay, wow, that's my answer right now. Oh, that's <laughs> as you as you spoke it, it was. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It is true in the moment. Own it. <laughs> oh, sounds so no regrets. Good. Oh, I know, I'm like, I'm just, ooh. I'm out right now. Um, all right. Raquel so, is in New York, so she might go get a bagel after this. I know. That's so what I was like. Oh, I want to get some with like chives mm. or scallion. I was. That's actually my favorite uh, smear, like uh, cream cheese. Put on it. Oh. All right. My the last eating question. All right. If your younger self could see you today, what would they be most proud of? Wow. I think, first of all, we need to have a conversation about the idea of speed dating. (laughs) Doesn't seem right. I'm feeling like a disconnect between the term that I was told. (laughs) This is all her fault. It is, it is. We know the way this works. As a fellow Pisces, these are, I would ask all of these questions on a first date. (laughs) (laughs) They are, exactly. So, That's yeah, true. I understand. Um, One time, Chen and I were just like hanging out, sitting around, and then he was like, turned to me. I, we were really chilling, and he was like, Do you believe in the afterlife? <laughs> <laughs> These are questions we need to know. Okay. I feel like you haven't really answered it yet. I'm asking you, especially when we're having a chill time. We're moving on from that. <laughs> um, I think, you know. This is something that Chen and I did talk about sort of recently about, you know, I feel like Chen said this really beautiful thing. I'm just going to quote you right in front of you. But you said this really beautiful thing where like when you're a young gay kid, you have to like just stare at something a lot and just like process a lot because you're like different and you realize you're different, but you don't understand why 
and you feel like you don't fit, but you like just like are trying to figure this out. And so you just are like this, like, like I have so many moments in my childhood where I was just like in a basement for hours, just being like, what am I? Who am I? What is this? You know? And like trying to understand like this weird difference that I had. And so I feel like my childhood was kind of like confusing and sad. And I don't remember a lot of it because I feel like I was just like, whoa, I'm off. I'm off from everyone around me. And I don't know why, but it feels, something feels wrong. Mm. Um, So I think just Mm. getting older and allowing myself to like really do the things that I want. um, And like seeing in my, you know, biological family, like getting a lot of shit a lot for like not doing the things I'm supposed to do and um, really having a lot of like clashes with our, culture that are like there is a path and you are supposed to be on it and when you really deviate from that you feel like terrified and like you're fucking up and also like lost and like there's no maps laid out in front of you um but I've allowed myself to do that and to like live a queer life and try to really not do things the way that people have told me to and that to me feels like the biggest win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sam, I love the direction you took that response in so much. But to bring it back to television, but <laughs> 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 it's going to be connected. Because um, you just made me think of, um, so I've been watching the second season of Love Victor. <laughs> There's a second season somehow of the show. It's not very good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> piece of media but um love victor love victor yeah it's a it, show i mean oh, i'm with you on this okay i'm but with you so on emotional the second season is yes. super emotional yes. because it's all about how his mom in particular is not accepting of him mm-hmm. after he's come out and so many of the messed up things she says and does to him I have like extreme flashbacks mm-hmm. and I'm watching this with my partner and we had to like pause every like 10 minutes because I had to go on a rant about <laughs> something that happened to me and a conversation, like a fucked up conversation I had with my mom. Um, so it just all came like flooding back. Um, so just thinking about that and um, as like a younger self, you know, um, like so often I had to settle for mm-hmm. subtext right like queer subtext or like basically pretending that a character is queer (laughs) and being like yeah it works um and like filling in all this like story right that was usually missing and I feel like now as a writer I get to you know actually make queer text (laughs) not just have to settle for subtext all the time um and explore so much more um, and getting to like create, right? Um, your own world really um, out of that. And I think like that's a huge part of our collaborations, Sam, is really like out of that wish, out of that longing right, to create something that really didn't exist before. Wow, both of our answers were so good. <laughs> we are so in our field so early in this conversation, uh, but I am here for it. And uh, you you both have created just really incredible um, 
rich queer worlds in your bodies of work that I have been binging oh on uh, recently uh, and living for. So with that, we're gonna close the chapter on speed dating and really get to know each other. <laughs> um, can you please start us off each with a poem and then we will jump into conversation. Who wants to go first? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go first. Also, I love that that was just the speed dating portion, and we got into so much already. Yeah, the questions are beautiful. Thank you. So beautiful. Um, we were gonna start off reading from our collaborative chapbook, Gesundheit. Um, now available from Glass Poetry. Um, it's a chapbook that we worked on together and we both wrote a poem in it called Friendship. And we decided that we were both gonna read our friendship poems. This is also inspired because someone like tweeted something really nice about my friendship poem recently mm -hmm. and like I cried a lot and I like forget that my poems are in the world sometimes. So um, thanks to people who read things and post about it online. <sighs> Friendship for Chen and for Anya. I'm tired of my friends collecting coupled and not calling me anymore to get French fries. I'm tired of curled fingers on old telephone cords. People I used to sit on the floor with no longer around. Conversation stiff, pelvis wrapping in legs. Queers mass shot in a nightclub and none of them show up with pickles. Mail me a fruit basket or a yo-yo. I think straight people believe, I mean really believe that their partners become the only friends they ever need. I think queer people mimic the straights so they don't become stuck in a fog storm. No flashlights to illuminate beyond their front windshields. Maybe friendship is incessant game of hungry, hungry hippos. Vary in how many pellets we get, but I'll spit up what we can to help each other from starving. Maybe I'm tired of losing those I once held under unwashed sheets. I think friendship is supposed to be love unabound and without paint on the walls. I tell my man I'll see him next week after margaritas and a crying session with Mia across the street. I'm desperate for no one held up with arm floaties. I want us bottom sunk where the chlorine is thick. I'm bored with friends I stopped hearing from until they've broken up. I'm out flying kites for every one of their dumped ass crying phone calls. I'm eating bok choy at the farmer's market. I smile with so much green in my teeth. Um, <laughs> oh, I love your writing so much. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I know, I always remember the bok choy image at the end of that poem. It's so like surprising and gorgeous um, that I forget that there's a yo-yo in that poem as well. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Wait a moment. No one has ever mailed me a yo-yo, still to this day. <gasps> I will, one day. <laughs> one day soon. <laughs> um, so to continue on that vibe, <laughs> this is friendship for Sam. Friendship is a mean curl of moon coming at you in rollerblades. Let our pelvises listen to friendship's bright crisscrossing of night and terrible futons too many miles apart. Let our pelvises be wrapped in a gleaming blanket made by celestial collaboration. 
the sun lending itself to the moon's face. Friendship is a face rollerblading and wearing short shorts and handing out hot dogs in the midst of spiky roaches, leaky rooms. Friendship waits till everyone has a hot dog and is ready before putting on their own rollerblades. <laughs> like forgot that one was in there. <laughs> Friendship's hot dogs are indeed the moon's hot dogs and don't taste all that great. But friendship doesn't expect you to take every bite to finish. Friendship wants you to have what it can make, what it is trying to make with its small moon hands, its crescent hands crisscrossing the night in our cities swollen with dream. Friendship travels at the speed of heat and one bite of mustard dripping hot dog. Friendship travels at the speed of a favorite music video never loading on Safari while we wait and wait. Friendship is the crashed browser, the honey of not going to bed at bedtime. We are busy listening to friendship in the softest part of our pelvises. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Raquel was not ready for these poems. <laughs> The Pisces that is Raquel was not ready for these poems. I'm already crying. <laughs> never together. Huh? Wow. So beautiful. Thank you so much for both of you all like sharing your words and um, just what friendship means to you. And wow. Um, I just need like a, a second. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, again, we're still on this theme of friendship. So I want to kind of delve into it. You know, how did you get to like, how's, what is the story between both y'all and how do you know the history between Sam and y'all and Chen and how did y'all meet and become such good friends? And then this whole collaboration of Kinsuit type. This story. Marquardians <laughs> <laughs> want to know. Story. It is quite the tale. <laughs> it's like not a low-key tale, you know? It's a high-key friendship story. <laughs> um, we met at this writing retreat. <laughs> but it was... <laughs> well, Chen was in his MFA at Syracuse. I was in the middle of my MFA, yeah. And I had just graduated college like a week before. Oh. It's <laughs> a baby writer. I was, I didn't even know I was a writer. I was like, I studied anthropology. Um, and I got into this writer's workshop that I was like, oh, cool. I like got into a thing. I'll go. And I got there and everyone was like a very serious writer. And I was like, I don't know anything about the writing world. Do you remember we had to submit a video application? I do. Isn't that so weird? So I remember typing out a script and very woodenly staring at my camera. <laughs> Like it was like a hostage situation, creating <laughs> out like a ransom letter. That's what I felt like. But then I was there also. It was it's at the classic Sam and Chen fashion. I wrote nothing to prepare for that video and just got on the video and talked <laughs> with no yeah. preparation. Yeah, you were just you. <laughs> Unabashedly. Unabashedly, but most and assuredly you. Yeah. I was there for nonfiction, and I remember I met all the poets, and they were like, listen, you are a poet. Don't get out of nonfiction. What are you doing over there? Come over here. And they <laughs> Also, your nonfiction cohort was kind of like, what? <laughs> what are you turning in? 
It was so lyrical. It was very lyrical. You were writing poetry. Yeah. I was writing. I remember my workshop leader was like, Sam, I really love what you're writing, but it doesn't feel like nonfiction to me. <laughs> wow. Straight up. Yeah. She said that to me in the middle of the group. Um, and I met Chen there. And I don't, yeah, we like, it was a very weird week. It was a week long writing workshop and it was like Jewish American themed, but like not necessarily needing to be Jewish, but pretty much everyone was Jewish. except. But I was the only non-Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought there were gonna be others. And then I'm like, is this, is this wrong? <laughs> is this problematic? <laughs> I mean, we're the, it felt like a long time. Whole <laughs> seven days. You it know? Was, wow. Yeah. And Early mornings. Yeah, we had to start at 8 a.m. Yeah. And it was all day, every day. Um, and yeah, we just sort of like, you didn't really talk to anyone, but somehow you and I yeah. kind of like clicked. I usually don't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Until you met me, and then you learned that yeah. it was great. People have, I'm seeing this, really. Um, I'm realizing this. <laughs> but people have to be very persistent <laughs> to be my friend. <laughs> they have to, like, keep <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, fine. We'll, like, do an activity. <laughs> um, and after that week, we started talking on the phone for, like, Four to six hours a week, oh, which was not casual. Mm -hmm. um, but we just kind yeah. of were like, I mean, Chen was like teaching me about the poetry world and like was really excited about my writing in a way no one else had ever been. And also we were like talking about friendship and our lives and we just started talking on the phone a lot. And then you visited Chicago really shortly, like that same summer. Mm -hmm. And we met at Dyke March and took a picture took together. Two hour. It took me two hours to get there. <laughs> to, or maybe four hours, because I took like two buses and a train to get to Dyke March. Yeah. We were ready for Chicago. I biked there. It took me like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> and we just really like hit it off. And we started, I remember you came to visit me and you helped me put together my first packet of poems to send out. And we like, had a lot of conversations about like what it means to be queer and to be connected to people. And I feel like we like learned a lot about friendship being mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you taught me so much about like how to be a friend and actually like respond to texts and you know, pick up <laughs> when you call on FaceTime. Because <laughs> I was not doing that before. <laughs> The little things. Yeah. It was like <laughs> major necessary friendship steps. Yes. Yeah. It was, it's funny because at the beginning, you know, we talked so much and I feel like we did like exchange a lot of knowledge. Like you were giving me a lot about poetry and I was like giving you a lot about like how to be a person that's friendly and like that other people want to be around. Well, I just, I realized, well, I knew that I was passionate about poetry, but I felt like. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really found community yet. Mm -hmm. um, like really like deep community. Um, and to do that through poetry was such a joy. Um, 
and I feel like, yeah, you really yeah, taught me how to do that. And I've, yeah, continued with that approach. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I feel like for me, I like knew a lot about building community, but I had no idea how to do it in areas that I cared about. You know, like I just was doing, like not that I cared about, but I like was like so community oriented that I never stopped to think like, what do I like? What do I love? How do I also put in time and energy for that on top of just like supporting all the people around me and connecting with people, which is something that just I did so naturally. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you helped me realize that like what I love more than anything is poetry and that I was allowed to like invest in that for myself to be happy. Um, you made me realize as much as I hate people, I can't write alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really can't. I need conversation. I need the joy uh, that's generated by, yeah, being with other people, people who are not me. <laughs> other people, other minds, other imaginations. It's so important. Yeah. I will say to like so many of the poems that I've written in my life, if not like more than half of them are from conversations that we've had together. Yeah, so many of mine too. Yeah. I mean, so, so many lines, titles, just little snippets of things from our conversations make their way into my poems all the time. All the time. So true and so valid, you know, to like have to be in like communion with others and with mm -hmm. the world around you in order to like do something so solitary as writing. Um, so God, what an odyssey. Okay, and I'm gonna process <laughs> that, store it. Next, um, so then we fast forward to many years later and Gesundheit. Gesundheit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how? Talk to us a little bit about like how did this how did this collection come about? You know what was the the process of putting it together? Uh, you know like why? I mean uh, the why is obvious, but <laughs> do we know why? I don't know if we know why. So. <laughs> but first of all, I feel like I must mention the original title of this project, <laughs> which was Scars of My Gayberhood. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was that title for a long time. Like a little too long. Uh, the original title or original name for Underblong was, <laughs> should we reveal this information? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> The original title for Underblonde, the journal we run together, was Dinner Chicken. Dinner Chicken. Oh. <laughs> because I never heard the phrase, um, what it, winner, winner, dinner chicken. No, winner, winner, chicken, winner. dinner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said that to me, and I was so tickled. I was beyond tickled. <laughs> was like, you were flabbergasted. No, I was um, freaking about. A few years after we became friends, we decided to, like, just try to take on some projects together. I think because our poems were so, like our friendship was so generative for our art too, that we were like, let's run with that and see what happens. So we started the journal kind of like, because we had such a similar aesthetic of things we liked um, in terms of like our tumblers and our porn tumblers and our just like general, like 
thing, you know, all, all around the board, we really like just liked a lot of the same things. Um, mm, Tumblr. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. My heart breaks. It's so weird to have like that level of nostalgia for, some, for a website. <laughs> it's inappropriate. But, but it's it real. Is. Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. how did we start Gesundheit? Um, well, we started trying to collaborate. <laughs> Emphasis on trying. Cab collabs. Uh, just over like email, we would like try to send lines or stanzas back and forth, and mm. we'd try to continue off of what the other person said. So sort of like an exquisite corpse experiment, but just with two people. <laughs> <laughs> it really didn't work <laughs> initially. Uh, we didn't mesh, even though like our tastes are similar, right? As Sam just said, we like a lot of the same things, but something about our styles, our thought process just didn't click. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just so excited to do it. It was just so much fun still. And I think that's like such a key ingredient for all of this is like, it's okay if you mess up, you're messing up together. And mm-hmm. that's still really fun, right? Like we still had such a blast. Um, trying to collaborate for a while. Um, and then, yeah, the chat book went through like similar stages where we were just so excited to be working on it together. But the first like couple drafts of it, like iterations of it, really didn't make any sense. <laughs> it was just like, here's some like silly poems. <laughs> some goofy stuff is going on in both of them. But there was no real like connective thematic thing going on mm-hmm. so that took a while to discover and figure out yeah. well, i think we like started with like a lot of poems that we thought of each other and like mm. poems that i'd written that made me think of you and i think vice versa too yeah um but then i think mm-hmm. what changed gonna be a theme yeah what also changed was that we realized that we do really write well together but we have to do it like in person or like on the phone mm-hmm. Um, we can't do it. Most of it. Yeah, it can't yeah. happen. We need to see the <laughs> expressiveness has yeah. to be there. Because we also like are really good while we're writing it at like mixing each other's lines, being like, no, not that one. Actually, try yeah. again. You know? Um, so we do a lot of the poems that we've collaboratively written, we do do line by line, like one Chen, one me. But um, I think when we're in person, Chen, more, more Chen is able to be like, no, Sam, try again, you know? <laughs> I try to be a little more decisive about it, but it's really fascinating because it's really like, I just, I feel so comfortable. Like there's so much trust um, mm-hmm. in our shared process. And yeah, I don't know if I could be like that with another poet of uh, just going line by line and feeling and just trusting that like something amazing is going to come out of that or just mm. you know at least fun for us right to read um but i really yeah i really have complete faith in that that is absolutely beautiful i this whole conversation is amazing um i think this is a perfect transition to go and see like a poem of both of y'all um sharing that right this beautiful connection and how you work together by doing a poem together. Yeah, I don't know if folks are ready for the beauty of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take myself out of here to let y'all just shine in the in in these next 
moments. <laughs> yes. This, um, oh my God, yeah. Because um, this is very much based on when we met, mm -hmm. right? Because um, part of that writing retreat, one day we got to go um, <laughs> to Smith College <laughs> and look at um, some of like Sylvia Plath's um, archives. Yeah, um, the rare books room. Yeah, in the rare books room. And his beautiful space. Um, there was this lovely typewriter. <laughs> we walked in. Yes. There was a typewriter. Mm -hmm. And I walked up to the typewriter and I typed in P-O-O-P. I was like, uh-huh, I typed poop on the typewriter, you know? And then the woman came in and she was like, sit down, everyone. And then she pointed to that typewriter and she was like, this was Sylvia Plath's college typewriter. <laughs> And I immediately wrote a note to Chad. I was like, I just typed poop on that typewriter. Mm -hmm. And we laughed like so hard. You're just a part of literary history now with that <laughs> typed sheet. That's great. Um, I also just wanted to mention, yeah, this poem um, is published um, on this wonderful new journal called Dear Poetry Journal, D-E-A-R. Um, and the idea is that all the poems are like dedicated to someone or something. Um, and the journal's also run by, you know, friends of ours, friends of Underblong. Um, so shout out to them as well. All right, this is called, Now More Than Ever, We Are In A Moment Of Time for Sylvia Plath's Typewriter. Thou moppest the way I wish to be mopped. Slinking along the floor like a wet turtle. Oh, wet sound, oh, wet look. Just before, in a happier time, we grated cheese. Who knew such harmony could be harnessed via long shreds of cheddar? Who knew that six years ago in Massachusetts, two young gays would collide before Sylvia Plath's typewriter? Upon which one of the young gays ceremoniously typed poop. Who knew if Sylvia Plath's typewriter had ever received such scatological messages? In my sweet December exhaustion, let me recline and recall these faggy serendipities. These genre-defying shit jokes. Oh, wet look. Oh, wet sound. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I believe we know that last line. <laughs> we did a very quick rehearsal before. Very fast. <laughs> there was a few parts where we were like, "Are we breaking here?" But we yeah. we we yeah, made it work. Tried, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I love. I think you know. Um, that there's an air of humor in a lot of both your work, right? And not just in the surface level kind of way, but more of a feels like interest, interesting, um, despite the fact, maybe because of the fact that y'all tackle such heavy concepts, right? Even writing poop on Sylvia's class <laughs> typewriter. <laughs> I guess, why is that? Why is that? Yeah, I have an answer for this right away. Chen once said to me on the phone, he was like, the people that are the most funny are the most sad. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, I really think there is 
I mean, if you just look at comedians, for instance, um, yeah, I think there is like a strong link, right, between comedy or having to use humor um, as a coping mechanism, as a defense mechanism, um, but also, yeah, as a way to form bonds, right? So again, with friendship, with community, um, you know, humor is like a huge part of that for me, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, like there's a certain kind or certain types of um, queer humor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, playfulness that are yeah, just Im immensely important to me. Um, and I think, yeah, it's very much related to various serious <laughs> subjects. <laughs> because I'm like, how do you survive? And how do you keep going? really, um, unless you can, yeah, find ways to play with it, mm -hmm. right, and to transform it, um, or even just to sit with it, right, mm -hmm. but in a way that doesn't destroy you. Yeah. And I love that you use the word play, because I do think that our work is both very playful, um, and I do think that there's, I mean, I think play is like, what I believe in is like my queer ethos for the world. I don't know. I just think that like I need to be always allowed to like have fun and try things and like try things that don't work and then like try new things and um, to be able to play with language and with words is such an incredible way to do that. And that is kind of what poetry has like offered to me. Mm. Um, I mean, like as as a queer person, as a person of color, like I have to believe that the world is changeable <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has to be malleable. It can't be a fixed thing. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to like exist fully, yeah. right? So I have to believe that, yeah, I can play with things. I can shift things, yeah. Otherwise, you will be crushed yeah. by the yeah. overwhelming sense of doom that is yeah. this world. I feel that. I feel that hard. Um, let's talk about queer life yes. uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, just just a quick look into y'all's uh, Instagram, and uh, we quickly see that you both are very open about your bodies in a way that is very celebratory oh my god <laughs> and 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 all and, and also like an act of reclamation right especially like when queer culture has for very for so long just been like this is the body type this is the skin tone this is the cut like this is what is acceptable and what we find attractive right um and as someone that like grew up in a very catholic conservative Latina household that is still trying to unlearn the paradigm uh, that is patriarchal modesty. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, can you all talk about that a little bit? <laughs> this question is a delight. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever been asked that simultaneously. <laughs> so thank you for this opportunity to shed light on a very important issue in our community. <laughs> Yes. Wow, <laughs> ah, bodies, body image, mm -hmm. and social media. <laughs> <laughs> 
hashtag Tumblr porn. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag Tumblr porn. Hashtag RIP. <laughs> Don't make me cry again. <laughs> this is, yeah, that's maybe the most emotional thing in this whole conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up, I think, like many queer kids. Um, kind of hating my body um, and also feeling really uncomfortable in it um, and just like dissociating a lot <laughs> from like bodily existence. Um, although I would say like looking back on it, like maybe like early childhood, because I used to like play outside all the time and become such a like indoor person now. Um, but I feel like, yeah, very early on, I was much more like comfortable Right, in my body and just like very physical. Um, and I sort of retreated, I think for a while, I withdrew from the bodily <laughs> realm um, because I just, yeah, I felt like I didn't meet any sort of norms or standards um, or if I felt like I did, it was very like fetishized <laughs> right, and racialized um, and always, yeah, very like white cis male centering, right? Um, when it came to body image. So it's taken a very long time. And I would say that I'm still like unlearning a lot of that um, because it really gets internalized, I think, yeah, in some very harmful ways. So, like, throughout like my teenage years, like into college, um, it's also just dating white boys who are not <laughs> very great. Um, and yeah, and so it led to, I think, a lot of self-hatred, to be perfectly honest. Um, and so I think some ways that that's, you know, I've been able to work on that over the years um, is through poetry, for one, but also through um, selfies, <laughs> through uh, yeah, taking like images of myself, right? Um, and feeling kind of more in control of that, I guess. Um, but also um, like friends and like seeing how, you know, other people like in my community, um, like see me and how we see each other. And I just remember just quickly a story um, when I uh, attended the Kuntiman retreat, which is for Asian American writers. Um, I just remember like how much we were all um, complimenting each other and like hyping each other up. And it was so um, liberating um, just to like talk about like how beautiful we were um, like in that context and outside of um, like certain Eurocentric standards of beauty, right? Um, and just all kind of body types. Um, so yeah, that was, amazing experience. Wow. I like, you answered that question so well. I'm like, what could I even add to that, you know? <laughs> Do I need to say anything? I mean, I'm naked on my Instagram a lot because... <laughs> because Tumblr is dead. <laughs> because Tumblr's dead. Yeah, you gotta work with what you have. So you know. <laughs> um, and I too, yeah, like really hated my body and myself. And um, I think like also like, yeah, being in 
a major city like Chicago for a lot of years as you're like coming into tune with your queerness and seeing this like very intensely rigid white gay capital of like all the queer spaces that I've ever been to and how much they run everything and show up at everything and like form these big groups and everything and just feeling so like outside of that I guess um and not like wanting to be a part of that and not wanting all the queer spaces I was in to look like that which like they really want to all be with people exactly like them um I think yeah my friends and I just started to like take pictures of each other and Mm -hmm. plan a lot of photo shoots and try to do things to like showcase us how we are Mm -hmm. um to like uplift each other. I mean, I really think that's like what it was. I mean, we were like, most of the pictures on my Instagram are like pictures of my friends and I taking of each other to like, try to like, just to support each other and be like, look, you are like really beautiful and like valid how you are. Um, so that's my small thing to add because you really kicked that one out of the park, Chen, good job. <laughs> no, I, I think it's so beautiful the way that y'all definitely describe like these queer platonic friendships right um and there's so much intimacy and pleasure and eroticism right within these platonic queer like dynamics um and i guess you know i think both pisces and scorpios are magical so i just kind of want to know like what in yourself do you find magic right what can be within yourself your sign um your poetry (laughs) (laughs) I got before we did this interview, Chen and I both texted each other, you are magic. Like right before <laughs> this started. I'm so moved. <laughs> um I was just thinking I wanted to mention going to the Korean spa together. Oh yeah. Um, which is a magical place. Just <laughs> <laughs> sort of connecting like the body question and this one, maybe. Um yeah, we've been like twice together. Um, and it's just like beautiful. Um, I mean, it's super relaxing to like be in the water, but it also, yeah, it takes like a bit like this degree of like comfort, right, in our bodies, but also with one another um, because you're naked <laughs> in the space uh, for like a long period of time. We spent a long time there. Um, <laughs> naked for like hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was like such a like yeah transformative experience really, um, and to like get to do that together right um, and like be in that space and be in our bodies. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like yeah, what magic? Yeah, magic. What do we feel is magic? I mean, because I also love that we can eat there. <laughs> so, like sort of food court. <laughs> part of this spa. It is um, delicious too. So yeah, I guess like how we both um yeah really care about like each other's well-being <laughs> thinking about this. Uh where like there's this part of me that I feel like I'm turning to my mom a bit because I'm just like asking <laughs> people in my life like oh like have you eaten like have you know, you've gotten enough water, like, how are you in your body, right? Um, And really, like, prioritizing that. Um, So I feel like that's become, like, a 
like a magical thing is really caring about that mm-hmm. each other yeah which is funny because that's like the community care element i think is just something that i held onto really young and have had for a lot of years and I think it's something that like you learned a lot from me, but then what I learned a lot from you, which is what I'm feeling like is making me magic lately, is like taking care of people and also making sure to take care of myself, Um, which is something I feel like I never understood the first thing about before I met you or knew how to do in any way. Um, So to like prioritize what I love and to like go after the things that I care about and to build up a such a better version of me, which then also makes me able to like support the people around me and be with the people around me so much better also mm-hmm. um, in such a like profound way, like how much I bettered myself has just dramatically improved how incredible I am in my relationships as well. And in my connections and my friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prioritizing your own dreams. Yeah. So, yeah, just so ecstatic to Mm -hmm. see you doing that. Yeah. Mm. And that's the magic that I've been holding on to lately. I love it. I, mm, is, okay, I'm going to do it. I, I, I had a question about a, a academia that I was like, no, we're not going to answer. We're not going to ask this. This is such a beautiful place to end it. Yes. Uh, so let's just, let's just end it there. You know, Sam, you're about to embark on this new journey. Shen uh, is about to teach another, a whole nother semester. Rocky is doing whatever she's doing in academia. So we don't have to talk about it. I want to end on the magic. Uh, so let's just, let's put a pin in that and sit with it. And um, I would love it if you guys could just kind of like bring us home with like one more poem each. Yeah. Chen and I always do this thing when we read where we like have to read something really new or I force myself to do that. I feel like you do that too. Yeah, sometimes. Um, So this is like the newest thing I've written. You go first, actually. I'll go first. Yeah, this isn't super new. Um, It's from my next book, which feels weird still to say. Um, And it's called Spring. 75 degrees, and we're three ready for this queers in the most flattering shorts. Three queers ordering too much ramen or just enough, who can say? Three queers in a FedEx ready to print poems for a long overdue queer salon. Three queers drinking definitely too much coffee. Three queers and I'm the one visiting for just the weekend, so let's stay up talking, talking. I mean, have I told you yet about going to my omelet place for lunch the other day and this guy overheard? How I was in the middle of eggy arugula bliss when he said, bisexual, all slow like that, to another guy, as though it were a new type of omelet. Or is it even? Let's ask the waiter. Did I tell you how he went on? That's what Sarah told us yesterday. And the other guy clicked his tongue like, I'm sorry to hear. And the first guy said, bisexual, quickly this time, quieter. She must have heard it on TV from her friends who know she's only 14. And then he sighed. Only 14, already deciding to ruin her life. And then I almost said, what the fuck are you saying? Almost leapt out of my chair to ask the other guy, "What? why the fuck are you fucking nodding? But I didn't. I got scared. No, not of them, of my hands, how my hands had curled into fists. Three queers remembering, but you're only 14. Three queers talking about last week. 
Three queers feeling like 20, drinking ever more coffee, telling sleep to go bother the straits. Three queers staying up until late becomes early. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> that was great. Oh, I should have gone first. I can't go after that. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's great. With this like weird new poem. Oh God. Weird new poem. Weird new poem. Bring us home, weird new poem. <laughs> this is a weird new poem. I just this is the most recent thing I've written. Um this is a poem I wrote for this project that's called The Bait and Switch, where they like, I'm just gonna talk about this for a second. It's really cool. They like work with all these different artists and they like like they started with a dancer and they send them a prompt and the dancer makes something and they send that to like a painter and then the painter makes something and then they send that to like a photographer and it keeps going around and it got to me and it was this weird image <laughs> that this person took. And so I wrote a poem and then my poem is going to someone else to be a part of the prompt. So I think that's cool. That's why I wanted to read this. So this is called, try putting your dissociation on display. <laughs> Under machines, behind doors, deep in the dark. I was good at hide and seek as a kid. I've dissociated through entire weekends, weeks, my childhood. I stared at the computer screen, the TV screen, the Instagram feed so long, I thought my brain lost its curvy paths, spongy turns turned to mush. I found a picture of myself from years ago at a weekend artist residency at a farm with a bunch of straight writers and realized I don't have a single recollection from the entire weekend. Oh, your brain took care of that for you, my friend says when I bring it up. My brain is my best hiding place, even if I appear present, look presentable. I'm trying a new thing, turtle sand, hunched in a bunch on the floor. Arms and legs dribble out my lump of a body, curled, curling in a flattened ball at the laundromat, at the gelateria in the parking lot, Outside the Dollar Tree, a visual, sensational, mental disconnect. But this time, I'll show you. I'll let you all see me. Puddles and legs and hungry hair, my body, its shell. I'm used to hiding in my brain, but no one has ever been able to see me. Now I'm on my back, little arms flailing, my eyes wild and searching. Wow. So good. Ugh, yours was amazing. Spring. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. Thank you again, both both of y'all. Like this was so beautiful, so healing. Um and absolutely cute and magical. I love magical, like magic. Mine is just my words. So I'm glad that it resonates with both of y'all as well. Um yes. It was a, a huge delight and joy, right? Um, to have you and share your words and share your friendship with us and the people who are listening and are watching y'all. So cannot say thank you enough. Um, so if you can, please, can you tell people where you can find your work or they can find you? Um, I know that we had it um, up in our little scroll, but please go ahead, tell us. 
Well, first of all, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to both of you for having such like a gorgeous friendship show yeah. and inviting us to be on it and for asking such beautiful questions. Like, like questions that I will sit with for a long time and I'm really happy to have been asked. So thank you. Um, thank you for this like abundance that you've just like showered us with. <laughs> thank you so much. We will take all the abundance we can get. <laughs> it is few and far between, so. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Sam for Breakfast, because I'm for breakfast. Um, <laughs> and then my website is samherschelline.com. And I was going to update it today, and I didn't. But I'm going to update it this week. <laughs> And I am Chen Chen Writes on pretty much everything. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> and that's that. Well, thank you guys both again for joining us. Uh, this has been phenomenal. Uh, and I can't wait to see what comes in the future from both of y'all. Uh, I know Chen, you got projects already slated. Sam, I can't wait to see like what, you know, is produced as you go through this journey that is the MFA world. Uh, so props to you on beginning that journey and uh, we will catch you all on the other side of this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so in like eight years. <laughs> oh! Yo! I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I didn't mean it. Put it. <laughs> oh God. Y'all, if you aren't already, show some love in the comment section for Sam and Chen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rocky. I feel like this is happening. This is happening on a very consistent basis where, like, we finish these shows and we're just left with this, you know, like, overwhelming feeling of, I didn't know I needed that, but damn, I needed yes. that. I feel like I keep like every single episode. I'm like, oh, this is this is amazing, and I'm like, how can I, you know next week top this? It's, it keeps happening and happening. Like again, I didn't know that I needed this, and oof, um, so many times I wanted to cry. Um, so many times I wanted to hug everyone. Um, <laughs> it was truly, I think the word was just magical. So mm -hmm. it was truly magical. Well, I'm I, I want to go spend some time with my friends at the Poetry Slam later tonight. So let's uh, let's thank some let's thank some people and get on out of here. Yes. First of all, I want to thank the audience. Thank you so much for coming and, you know, checking us out every single week. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. So thank you for showing your support, for the love, either on social media or joining us here today or any other day. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And if you don't already, make sure you go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter so you can find out about all the amazing shows we still have left. We are words and shh on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so just I'm going to figure out what our Twitter password is so we can start posting on Twitter again. But follow us in the meantime until then because we do post. Yes, we do. We do. We're pretty active. And then you can also watch our past episodes um, and our past podcast episodes as well um, on YouTube and anywhere you can listen to your podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Once we get 100 subscribers on YouTube, I can change the damn URL. Uh, so we're, we're working on that. Um, but...
again, whether this is your first time or you've been with us before, come back next week. Uh, we are going to be here same time, same place. Oh, maybe not the same place. Maybe uh, not. Maybe it's personal. Oh, okay. All right. We're, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. We're putting it out in the universe. Uh, Raquel and I may be in the same place for the first time since we've started this show and we'll be broadcasting together potentially. Mm-hmm. So, yay for travel. Yay for having an agent that books you gigs that take you across the country. And uh, friends. friends. Yay for friends. I will take it. Next week, we are having an incredible writer, DC-based poet, activist, organizer, educator, Seema Reza is joining us on the show next week. So excited to have her on. So make sure you come back and join us next week. Uh, Until then, y'all, stay safe out there. Bendiciones.